Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital, also infectious diseases faculty member at the University of Toronto, and a member of the Ontario Vaccination Task Force, has been a well, a weekly contributor to this program. We don't let him leave home at all. He's just always with us on the weekend, and we really appreciate it. Dr. Bogosh, good to have you back. Hey, great to chat again. So let me ask you this. Is the rollout schedule, because we're talking about that a lot these days, is the rollout schedule for vaccines in Canada sufficient to effectively counter the climbing infection rate for COVID-19? Well, you know what? In, in, in the short term, it isn't. It really isn't. Uh, and in the short term, you know, we have a very limited supply of vaccines and we know we're going to have you know, several hundred thousand to perhaps, you know, under a million or near a million throughout January, for example. But that's going to be a very challenging month. So the vaccines aren't going to save us in the short term. They're, they certainly won't. They'll help us in the medium to long term. But December's tough. January is tough. Even early February might be tough. Things might start to get better in the spring when we have greater and greater people vaccinated. But it's going to be a tough couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the springtime, the weather will get warmer again. So I suppose that'll be an ally as well. Roy, I love how you, you're like a... You're an epidemiologist now. <laughs> We've been talking. You said that last yeah. weekend. <laughs> you're right, though. You're right. Like, there's going to be a lot of factors working in our favor uh, as the year goes on. Number one is the weather, and we know that the more people are outside and, and out, you know, not cooped up in indoor environments where people can be in close contact with others, the better. We saw that happen, and you know, it's not the only factor, but it is a factor. Plus, by hopefully by you know, hopefully by March or throughout the month of March, we'll have vaccinated. You know, all of people who live and work in long-term care, frontline health care providers, indigenous communities, hopefully we're working our way, starting to work our way through uh, populations who are 70 and above and like higher risk groups by that point. So we'll have protected or at least have started to protect the most vulnerable. So I think we'll start to see some tangible benefits at that time, too. But the weather sure is going to sure help as well. So you're on the Provincial Vaccination tax, Task Force. Do you have a sense then that there will be sufficient numbers of uh, vaccines available to accomplish what you would like to see accomplished by March? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is publicly available. And, and you know, what we hear from, for example, the prime minister uh, on what number of vaccines are supposed to arrive on what dates. For example, we heard the Pfizer vaccine. Well, we're going to have a, maybe a 100,000 plus uh, doses between now and the end of the year, in addition to what we've already received. And plus, in addition to that, throughout January, 125,000 per week, week after week, at least through January. Now, that's not a ton, but that still can go a long way when you use it effectively. In addition to that, hopefully the Moderna vaccine is approved. It sounds imminent. Like perhaps this week, we know we're going to get access to that vaccine Mm -hmm. 48 hours after it gets the thumbs up. And and then we can start rolling that out in uh, long-term care facilities. So we can do a lot of good in in a short period of time with a limited supply by prioritizing the very high-risk groups. Dr. Bogosh, if you've had COVID, is it still a good idea to be vaccinated? I would. I certainly would. And the reason is we know people can get reinfected. There's credible cases of reinfection. That's probably just the tip of the iceberg because it's actually hard to confirm a credible case of reinfection. Some people have been reinfected about four months after they've recovered from their initial infection. It's a lot, probably a lot more common than we, than we know about. And uh, I think it's a good idea. I absolutely do. One question I received was this. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine has to be stored in, was it, minus 70 or minus 80 degree temperatures. So 
those freezers that are necessary. Why not use dry ice? Is that possible? Yeah, you, you can imagine if you're moving it from place A to place B, uh, you could certainly use, use dry ice, but you've got to make sure that cold chain is really intact. If you have freeze-thaw, 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 even to a little bit, this stuff is really finicky. It'll degrade and it won't be effective at all. So you got to be really, really careful with this cold chain. That's why, at least what, with what we know now, the Pfizer vaccine is the kind of vaccine where you're going to bring the people to the vaccine, whereas the Moderna one that might be coming through soon, you can bring the vaccine to the people. So you might see places like hospitals or public health units set up so that people will come and get their Pfizer vaccine. But with the Moderna vaccine, you could probably roll that around and, and roll, you know, move it around to long-term care facilities and get it into rural, remote, underserviced places like indigenous, remote indigenous communities. Like, you can move that around a lot better. Okay, let's get back to the rollout of the vaccine. A lot's been asked. Many things have been said. Usually it's been said that it's not really going to be a problem because there's a lot of um, uh, security in place, if you will. What about vaccine queue jumping? Yeah, you know, in Canada, you know, it's it, it certainly, I don't want to say it's going to be nothing because how do we know? There's 38 million of us. There's limited supply. I'm sure someone might get creative and I'm sure, it, it, I'm sure it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be to a significant degree, at least not in the early days. I mean, where are you going to get it and how are you going to queue jump? It's very clear who should be prioritized and how people are getting vaccinated. Yeah, maybe it'll happen. I just don't think it'll be a huge. I, I don't think it'll be a huge deal. I really hope I'm not wrong on that, but I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Okay, how do we measure that the vaccine is being effective? How do well, we track that? Yeah, great one. So we can determine who's been vaccinated, and we can look at uh, people who get infected even after they have been vaccinated. That's data that's readily available and easily easily collected. And that'll answer a lot of good questions. Now, in the trials, we would imagine that about one in 20 people that are vaccinated may, may, may ultimately get reinfected. And that's in the trial. And of course, we know what happens in the trial is not exactly what happens in real world settings. Uh, so there might be, you know, there might be some differences. But uh, yeah, that's a, these are answerable questions and we're well poised to, to, to address that. And, and it's not just going to happen in Canada. That's going to be addressed globally as well. Mm-hmm. One more question for you. Speaking of globally, there the news first started to come out of the UK, I believe. Now we're hearing it from other places as well about the mutation or a mutation or maybe several mutations of the coronavirus. Uh, is this a growing concern? Does this have a potential to negatively affect the impact of the vaccine? Yeah, certainly it raises an eyebrow. And I think at this point, I, I'm very weary of people who speak confidently on this because I think there's more questions than answers. Best to be safe. Okay to be skeptical and safe at the same time and also keep an open mind to emerging data. Again, just like the other question, these are answerable questions. And there's virologists, infectious disease specialists, epidemiologists looking into this variant to see, you know, is it more transmissible? Might be. Does it cause more severe infection? Probably not, but open mind. Will this impact how effective a vaccine is? Probably not, but again, keeping an open mind. But in the meantime, when we don't have those answers, it's best to be careful. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.